Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Mighty Pete. Welcome. Good morning. Listen, thank you so much for having me on, Amy. I'm really uh, grateful to be here. So thank you. It's been awesome. Uh, well, I'm returning the favour because I had the opportunity to come on your show, your podcast, which is Fire in the Belly, which is a fantastic podcast for anybody who has not stumbled across it already. Highly recommend that you go and tune in. Be warned, there are a lot of episodes, but it is well worth tuning into. So let's start with Mighty Pete. Where does the mighty come from? Well, the the mighty really, I suppose, about really at the age of 37 and a half, I, I had to make a decision. I got to a bit of a, let's just say, a, a bit of a dark spot in my life. And it was at that point that I really, um, I had gone as far as I was going to go in that. And I, I, I had a point of frustration. And really from there, I had to look at my formula. I had to look at what I was doing. And really, and that's, I'll, I'll save you the math. I'm now 41, so that was four years ago. And I took a decision really, and, and it's over the last four years that I knew something had to change in my life. I had, listen, I had burnt the candle at both ends. I burnt it in the middle. Um, I pushed really hard, you know, had the, the energy of youth. I had everything that was going on. But I was kind of left with this wanting and needing. And, and so this this sort of tickle that says I'm capable of more, there's more is possible. And really, it was sort of through the, the last couple of years, I sort of took the decision to be be the mightiest version of me. You know, and it is that thing. Um, it's always quite funny because on the on the European side of the pond, you know, everyone thinks that's a bit, you know, it's a bit ostentatious. You know, that's a bit, you know, to imagine putting yourself forward like that. You go to the American side of the pond, and they think it's fantastic, and they're they're all rah rah, and you know, they, they love it. You know, but I suppose what it is, it's it's the daily reminder to me to be the mightiest version of me. You know, it's very easy to be turn up or half turn up to things. But actually, when you say that's this is literally in my brand, this is who I am. And the days that I'm maybe not feeling it completely, it's going, no, listen, this is what you have to do. You have to turn up. So um, Mighty is, is it's as much a reminder to me. It's also very easy from a branding perspective. It's quite unique. So there's globally, there's there's only really one Mighty Pete that I know of. There's others of my, my entire namesake. There's others of us around the planet. And you know, so I think by by giving yourself a brand, by giving yourself a constant reminder, no different to a goal, no different to, you know, a mantra or values that you live by. So I decided to really put it into my name and, and just said, that's really what I want it to be. So it reminds me of, of who I am. So um, I bought the website, bought the whole thing, go by it day in, day out. And um, yeah, that's the rest is history, as they say, Amy. So what has the brand given you? What has changed in the last four years? Everything. To be quite honest, um, if I was to look back four years ago, I was probably mentally, I wouldn't, it was it, it probably was one of the lowest points in my life um, in terms of, you know, f- where I was at and, and how I was feeling. The gap between who I was and who I could be was at its greatest. So when you actually take that into account, 
you know, by actually taking on a brand and a decision. And that's exactly what a lot of this is. It's a choice. I have chosen to be and do more, have more, want more. And that's the difference. Now it's a case of, and, and I'm doing it for me. So I, you know, very much, and, and whenever I'm talking with other people and, and mentees, it's all about, you know, you either have, you know, towards goals or away from goals. Previously, I was always about the away from, you know, it's like, I want more money because we had, we didn't have money, or I want more opportunity because I didn't have. Whereas now I've very much switched into a very much a, a what if scenario. So now it's a case of, well, what if, what if I tried and, and did this thing called podcasting? Or what if I spoke to somebody about maybe a new business or a new idea? You know, what if I started just reading one book a day or, or you know, a couple of pages a day? You know, so rather than living by the, you know, oh, I can't do that or I don't know how to do that and say, well, what if I just tried? So I'm very much a fan of the, the 1% rule. So it's 1% of the day, which is 14.4 minutes. What if you tried something different? Read a book, sent an email, even sent a text message just to someone to say to someone you were thinking about them. Well, do you know what? Amazing things start to happen just to connect with people. And that's 14.4 minutes. I'm sorry, but we all have it. We all have the same amount of time. And that's where I was stuck before in that, you know, I, I just didn't have any more time in the day. And, and yet I'm sort of going, I'm, I was maxed out in terms of my, my physical capacity. You know, and we had, you know, newborn kids and, you know, there's loads going on. I was losing a business and depression and everything else was going on. And yet I'm, I'm sort of starting to hang around with people that are extremely successful. And I'm sitting there going, we both have the same amount of time in the day, but yet they're achieving so much more. Now I know, I mean, achievement and success is different things to different people, but I was sort of looking and going, they are achieving so many things that I want to do. And yet I'm sitting here, the frustration is sky high. You know, I had lost a tooth from actually, you know, starting to grind my teeth over this um, sort of frustration and, and disappointment and, and all this. So it came down to saying, listen, something has to change. And that was, it was that decision to, you know, really say, I don't know exactly how I'm going to end up, but all I want to do is live by a set of values that say, I'm going to try my hardest. I'm going to do, be the best version I can be. And listen, at some days it's more so than others. You know, I don't think this is a, you know, red pill, blue pill situation. I think this is a, you know, it's an ethos that I live by a mantra that I say to myself every day, you know, how do I be the mightiest version of myself? my future self, what would I do today? What would I be that actually would make me stand out? And in five years time, you know, will I look back at today and say, I am so pl proud of me for what I did today or for what I tried or who I was or the way I stood out or, you know, the things I achieved. So, um, because time is going by so quickly. So it's really a case of saying, you know, are you proud of who you are, what you're doing, what you stand for? And it's not about who sees you. In fact, it's the reverse. Just are you proud and can you stand by everything you say and do? And I got to be honest, before, you know, that 37 and a half years, it was success was, I wouldn't say at any cost, but it was certainly at a cost to me. And it was, you know, it was, it was punishing. But now it's a case of it's very different. You know, kids will slow you down. There's no doubt about it, you know, and, and in a good way. I actually think my kids are teaching me more than, than I'm teaching them. I actually believe that, you know, I have to change. And funnily enough, when you have to change and something has to, you know, it's amazing how we evolve and there's so much goes on. So um, I hope that makes sense. It makes lots of sense. And I, I want to ask you about your set of values that you say you're, you're being the best version of yourself and you're trying the hardest. What are your values? So 
Now they are love and joy and connection. And I would even say, listen, even over the last six months, they have evolved because it used to be integrity. It would have been, uh, you know, honesty and, you know, really sort of being the best version. And that's how even I've evolved, even in, in like I said, the last couple of months, you know, and, and the, the second set of values I mentioned there, they're, they're very ego driven values. Yeah. Um, and even the fact that quite often integrity for me was important because there was a lack of integrity at some point in my life, whether from me or from others. So being cautious and one of the questions I like to speak to people about is, you know, are your voids your values? And I even even interrogating my own values, I had to sit down and say, you know, doing a seven why exercise on my own values and saying integrity was important to me because it was something that I had missed or lacked in my life. So when you actually take the time and say, right, well, that's an away from goal. I've set that or away from value. I've set that because there's been a lack or a shortage at some point in my life. Whereas if I take it to the point of love and joy and connection and saying, I am open, my values are to, to feel those and have those in my life. They're all towards, they're all things that are open-ended, you know, to feel that, to, you know, to apply that to your life. So it's so different. So, yeah, and, and that's even how I'm evolving, you know, really sort of day on day, week on week, month on month. And, and that's the beauty of this process, right? It really is. And knowing that you're so much more purposeful in life, knowing that you are, it's not a rehearsal. This is the life that you are now living or because you have moved from a state of existing and that you are almost catching up on the years that's, that have been lost. How do you feel that there's a pressure or, or does it drive you? I'll, I'll be honest. I, I do feel like I'm playing catch up, you know, for the years gone by now, listen, I mean, there's nothing more joyful than the present moment, you know, the opportunity to speak to yourself here. I mean, you know, to be who I am, where I am today. Um, but up to that sort of 37 and a half years of my life, now don't get me wrong, it's, you know, and some people say it's almost ungrateful, but because I've achieved a lot and I, I, I pushed really hard, but the consequence and the payment was huge in terms of, you know, sacrifices I made in terms of, you know, what I wanted to do in terms of even my own health, my mental health, I threw it all in the bucket. And the view was, well, listen, it's, it's a little bit of pain now for a long-term gain. And that, that works for a while, especially when you've got the youth to actually to push through all the barriers. But I think as, you know, as you get a little bit older, as you get a little bit wiser, you kind of go on, I haven't the energy to carry all this baggage, all these sort of expectations once, um, you know, and, and that's, I think, when it starts to change. I think you, you start to get a different set of values. I think you start to get really just wanting different things in your life. I think you associate success to different things, um, you know, and just really just being more kind to yourself. Um, previously, you know, and, and a question I like to ask a lot of people is, you know, do you like yourself and do you love yourself? Um, and I'll be honest and say up until probably about two years ago, my answer, I, I either wouldn't have given you an answer or it was, you know, no. And I was frustrated in my own company. I was frustrated with what was going on. I was pointing the finger at other people. And what's changed more and more now is saying, well, we can only experience within ourselves. So now if I'm feeling frustration, I have to ask myself, why am I feeling this? And when you start to interrogate that and you start to actually bring it back to my values and saying, you know, 
is it meant to be? Is it part of my life? Is it bringing me joy? Is it bringing me happiness? And if it is, great. And if it's not, well, then time to let it go, you know? So um, a little bit philosophical, but that's that's really a bit of the journey I've been on to to sort of help me evolve and listen, lean forward. That's what I say to anyone is lean forward and see what's possible. You talked about burning the candle at both ends and in the middle, and you also referring to the, the sacrifice that you had to put in. How do you know when that deferred gratification is worth doing, or how do you know when it's actually tipping the balance of mental health? I, th- I think, I mean, it was one of these things I remember when I, so I, I worked in London for nearly 10 years and, um, you know, I was working in multiple time zones and, and for people around and that was fine, you know, and, and it was great. And one of the actual, as you say that, the thing that just dropped into my head was um, one of the sort of last memories I had in London was coming down the tube station down into Canary Wharf tube. And, and it was late at night as always. And um just the announcer came on so people are lined up at the doors waiting and i'm coming down the escalators the announcer comes on and says sorry folks train's gonna be a bit late we have a jumper and for anyone that i mean unfortunately it just means somebody unfortunately for whatever reason has jumped in front of the train um and there was a delay now what i heard straight after that was an audible groan across the entire you know canary wharf is it's a big tube station and it's very echoey and you just hear this groan and it's at that point, I just had this realization of this massive shift in values. And I'm going, I'm pushing so hard to do this. And I'm just sitting in this cave here where everyone is inconvenienced by the fact that somebody has thrown themselves in front of a train. So instead of feeling empathy and f- instead of feeling sorrow and s- instead of feeling all these things, it was a feeling in a, a communal sense of frustration, disappointment, annoyance. And it was kind of weird it was just that was one of the defining moments i said you know what i'm out i can't this is this is not for me um you know and it was that moment of silence at that moment and it just it was a penny drop for me you know and, and to be honest amy it's like literally that was that and a few other things and and i was out of london pretty quickly after that you know and uh, it's, we you know it's a big city i get that and but i do think you get to a point in your life where saying do you know what it's i'm that's the, the the payment and the cost is too high for me at this point. So thank you. I'm I'm on to the next thing. And so what was the next thing? Really, at that time, uh, I, I sort of half joke and half don't is that uh, I sort of said if I had been there another two years in London, I would have left in a straight jacket. That's that's kind of how much I was, you know, heading it at every end. Um, and as anyone knows, when you're in, when large corporate and things like that, you 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 skyrocket up the career ladder rapidly and you know the money is great and bonuses and all this and there's no end of opportunity but that's when thankfully um it was a mixture and that was 2010 and my father passed away and interestingly about six months later i had packed up my bags and left i said that was enough i was out and i really sort of took the time to come home and really come back to come back to ireland and the time to actually just regroup and it was over the really the following sort of seven years that I then um, went into to business and, and a, a good friend of mine had a renewable energy company and, and I basically got involved with that. We we took the company, a very small local company, and we took it and we, we 10 times the size of it over, over a seven year period. Um, but it was just such a different energy. 
my salary was literally about one quarter of what it was in London without the bonuses. Um, but yet I had more money in my pocket at the end of the month. I was able to drive home in 20 minutes. And, you know, the slowest or the, the most difficult part of the journey is if a tractor got in front of me, which meant that my journey went from 20 minutes to 25 minutes. Now, anyone that works in a big city or London or anywhere else will tell you that that's, that's a very short commute time. It's, you know, um, it's just very different. And thankfully, um, both, you know, what was meant to happen and, and, you know, where I was at, you know, that sort of that chance to actually break state and change to something different allowed me to sort of catch up with myself. Um, and I did to a point, but I think there was still also uh, a part of me still continued to function and continued to drive, even though the sort of, you know, the, the, the metaphorical car that I was driving was a bit dinged up and the, the tires were a bit flat and all that, but still I wasn't ready for the full change. I was ready for partial change. Um, and I continued on on that basis until due to changing government legislation, that company had to close. And it, that was a long and painful process. We, I mean, we can point to the day that the business died. Um, and, you know, to take a, a sort of thriving, growing business and literally have to shut it all down, lay off all the staff and all that. Interestingly, that actually coincided then with my sort of second um, sort of lowest state, if you like. And it was at the end of that that I said, listen, enough is enough. I can't work any harder, so I have to work smarter. Things have to change. You know, I'm far enough on in my life that actually I, I now need to be I'm considered grown up. Um, we have mortgages, we have kids, we have all these things. And yet I had never been so lost. I had all these things and just I didn't know where I was at or what was going on. So just it was at that point of saying enough is enough something has to change here and that's when instead of pushing and telling and doing i then started to, to listen i started to ask and started to think and that was the, that was the changing point for me and that's the sort of switch from you know the tipping point going from you know away from goals to towards goals um i was lucky i say lucky i mean lucky is a, a very difficult thing but i i started investing in property 21 years ago and that was my background as sort of a side hobby. Well, that has nicely now matured into something that has allowed me capacity to change and to flex in my career. So, um, you know, there's background investments, things that I've done, you know, in those times where I sacrificed everything that actually now some of them have come home to roost and, and sort of left me in a, a position that I have the, the luxury of trying these new things, doing these new things. So um, that's kind of where I'm at today. And that tipping point of, of, listening and asking and thinking serving you in a way that you probably hadn't given yourself the time to before how does that now play a part in today's world four years on from that low point for me it's absolutely huge there's so many things i realized and, and through the podcast and through my book and through so many things when you take the time to listen phenomenal things happen it's and it, it sounds really strange you get to connect to people on a level that you've never seen before you know how often do people actually take the time to sit down and listen without judgment you know and just like you talk you know without sort of trying to judge or interrupt or compare stories or do all these things but just take the time to, to actually sit down and do that 
And by me sort of initially setting out to ask these questions, so I wanted to understand what made people successful, what, you know, what was the sort of the success factors. But allowing people though, that chance to actually talk and, and like I say, go through those and, and ask meaningful questions. Well, then suddenly people were having these almost enlightening experiences saying, I loved having this conversation with you. Now, there's, it's slightly ironic because I wouldn't have said that much. I would have asked a few open questions. And yet they were saying, this is one of the deepest, most meaningful conversations I've ever had. And, you know, so I'm in my head and saying it's, it's simply quite often because we don't have that chance. Life is so busy. You know, we're marketed at, we're spoken to, we're, you know, we're notified of. All these things are happening at us. And, you know, your phones are dinging and the microwave's banging and, you know, all this stuff is going on. So the little voice in your head just gets drowned by all this outside info. And yet when you switch off, turn off, walk away, you know, go away, well, then suddenly then initially it can be dark thoughts come into your head. You know, I know that from depression. But then when you can sit with that and then you can understand, you know, because depression for me, it, it's, it's actually a, it's a symptom, not a cause. So when you can take the time for a lot of these things to actually work out where they're coming from, um, it's, it's the one thing I've found that people don't always realize the language they're using. And, you know, people will tell me their problems. Literally, they will tell me. And then they're saying, I don't know what my problem is. You know, and I've heard in the language they would have used, they'll have used, you know, parts integration, they'll have used, you know, negative language, they'll use, you know, sort of away from language, they'll use, you know, uh, different tenses. And, and, you know, there's so many things that I'm sitting here and it's just something I think it's, thankfully for me, it's a, it's a bit of a skill, it's something that's there. And when you play that back to them, or you just say, do you realize that, you know, when you said that you, you look down or you know, your energy level dropped? Or do you realize when you were talking about something else that actually your excitement and you, you had a smile from ear to ear when you talked about it? And people are sort of going, do you know what? That actually makes so much sense. I hadn't realized it. So I think from listening to anyone, and it's something I would say, and, and that's really why we put it in the sort of the subtitle of my book is, you know, listen to your inner genius. That could be your inner genius or it could be somebody else's to give them that blank canvas and just let them talk. You know, and it's having all that and, and listening to yourself, listening to those around you. You know, what do I like to do? What am I good at? What are the things that I procrastinate about? You know, and look at your habits. Look at, you You know, what you've achieved and what you've not achieved. You know, what's always on your to-do list? Well, that quite often isn't a passion. You know, the things that you're passionate about, they're the ones that get done first. They're the ones that you're working on at 2 a.m. You know, and you don't know whether you're getting paid or not, but it's worth it. Well, that then tells me that's sort of leading towards your why. That's leading towards your fire in your belly. That's leading towards all that. So, you know, when we look at our own habits, we just always can't, we can't always see ourselves. So I think just by, you know, if you can hold up a mirror to yourself, great. But quite often it takes, and I know even for me, I have mentors, I have, you know, coaches in my life, um, because they can hold up a mirror and saying, you do realize you've said this, but you're doing this. So there's a, you know, the, 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 there's a misalignment and really helping and having someone there to listen and to sort of point out these things why you learn so much so quickly before. Whereas pre my sort of midlife opportunity or midlife crisis, if you want to put it that way, um, I didn't listen. It was a case of I'm going from here to here and uh, God forbid anyone that gets in my way. You know, so that's been the difference. I've actually taken the time to listen. So very long answer, but hopefully that makes sense.
Well, I see it as being one of the reasons why you're taking so much out of the time you're spending with your children as well. Because if you're giving them the time and you're, you're listening to them, the, the, the reward is such that you'll actually hear what they have to say and what they are thinking and what they're doing and, and the way that they're processing. And, and there is so much to be taken from listening to children. But a lot of people don't have the time for them. Uh, it's, you know, and, and every single day I realize they know more than me. And this is the this is the phenomenal thing. I think we all start off as these beautiful, you know, unadulterated bundles of joy. You know, we don't have the rules and the, the sort of disappointments and the the expectations of life placed upon us until that grows and grows and don't do this and you have to do that and all the rest. And yet there's my kids and they're, you know, their imaginations are on fire. And, you know, they they tell you if they're disappointed, they'll they'll cry if they're, you know, it doesn't mean so much. And you know, by actually sitting down and I find it's, it's fascinating the number of times I've been on a podcast or been on something else and the kids come and sit on my lap or start interrupting me. And I realize that I've just, I've not been conscious or they're actually trying to tell me something, you know, and we're, we're sort of delving toward a, you know, a bit of a spiritual thing here, but it's like, I, there's things I think they, they sense in me or they know about me that actually I haven't even spotted in myself. So um, I'm so grateful to have that awareness that actually they can teach me so much whereas the old adage of god forbid you know it's like children should be seen and not heard you know and it's like wow you know how far have we come whereas now i'll sit on the floor and we'll play and they'll you know just we run around the house and and i mean strictly speaking i'm a, I'm a bit of a stay-at-home dad you know it's it's unusual because my, my wife is a you know she she's a barrister and you know she's running a professional career so i'm more flexible and, and to me it's like wow i get to take them to school i get to pick them up every day you know we have ice creams we run around we do you know crazy stuff and don't get me wrong i'm, I'm you know i'm not going to win father of the year anytime soon you know with frustration and life and all the rest but you know, I'm so grateful that I am at least aware that I need to listen more and uh, I'll, I'll be listening to the day I die, you know, so I love it. That's brilliant. And that takes me on to the next one, the asking. Asking, mm. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, so asking what? I think it's it's asking, I mean, I really sort of follow a, a mantra of ask, you know, believe, do and receive. I think the do bit is quite important in there. It's asking in terms of what, you know, what do I want to be doing? What do I, you know, what's important to me? I'm making sure it's important to you. Um, I was saying that, you know, really sort of that being home, you know, sort of changing my career and, and a massive life changes six months after my father passed away made me realize that there was a lot of my career was for my father. And I don't say that in a negative way because he was a massively positive influence in my life. But also that was a method of us communicating. You know, I was successful if I was successful in my career. And then that, you know, that was almost um, living vicariously through my dad type thing. Um, and so it's, it's asking and saying, is this actually what I want? Am I doing it for me? Am I doing it for someone else? You know, am I, you know, am I growing? Am I, you know, am I doing it for the right genuine reasons? Or is it ego-based? Am I seeking for recognition? So I do something which is recognized by someone else, which then they think is brilliant. And then they tell me it's brilliant. So instead of me trying to help myself directly, I'm vicariously doing it through other people. You know, I'll be very nice to somebody else and say, God, that, you know, Pete there, he's amazing. He does that. He's brilliant and all the rest and, and give me feedback. And then suddenly I feel good. 
Okay, so that's that's now my excitement, my acceptance is now based upon what other people think of me. Well, do you know what? That's a very dangerous ground to go down because suddenly then I need external recognition to feel good about me. Whereas what if you could say, well, I am me and I am proud of me. I love me. Um, and it's, you know, that's okay too. I will be of service, but also realizing that everyone is on their own journey. I'll try and help them. But I know now helping for me might just simply be listening. And some people have the biggest breakthrough and I've not even opened my mouth, but just giving them the space without polluting the space or trying to tell them something or, you know, pass on my experience to them, just letting them, you know, sit there with a blank canvas and let them really talk. I mean, like I say, it's, it's, it's an amazing, special experience. And about a third of my podcasts don't go live because people love the experience and they've, they've talked so much and they've, they've learned so much, but that's not for public consumption. But the interview wasn't about the, you know, a public podcast. It was about an interview. And the secondary product is a podcast. You know, if it's if it's okay to air, if it's, you know, doesn't contain anything too sensitive or too emotional or whatever. Um, I kind of have this habit of making people cry. I don't make them cry. They just cry. Um, so that's really sort of the journey I've been on to, to allow that. And it's beautiful. It's amazing when you actually take the time to listen. It's amazing what you see, and and it's 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 a, a beginning form of wisdom, probably. You know that sort of mature reflection. You're talking about the emotions of people crying, and you're not making them cry, but that it just happens. It, it's a, a byproduct of of the sharing of the inner thoughts that they're going through, and it's the same for my podcast because we're talking about the why. And one of my guests, Chris Leake, he said, what are you doing to me? And I was like, I'm not doing anything. You are just reliving a particular moment that meant a huge amount to you. And you're far in the belly. Is that your why? Yes. Yeah. But before the sort of fire in the belly came about, um, you know, I, I could, I was good at lots of things, but actually the, the passion you know, I didn't have one sort of thing since doing it. And in some shape or form, I know I'll be doing it to the day I die. I'm sure it'll evolve and things will happen. And that's, that's fine. But actually that method of actually seeking and helping people find their fire in their belly, find their why, um, that's something, you know, I think being a master listener, being a master mirror holder and, you know, helping people just to see themselves. Um, that's something I have a, a skill for. Um, I didn't recognize it myself. It was more from feedback from people going, you know, it's it's like any unconscious competent. You know, you're just going, well, you know, to to do to interview someone or to to find out somebody's why, you just do this, 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 this and this. And everyone's going, hold on, start at point one. What was that? You know, and it, to them, it's it's a different. Whereas to me, it's just kind of going, yeah, but look, their their eyes have just done this, and they just use that word, and then they just reflected back, and they, you know, they avoided that question, done this, and it's like, yeah. Surely you can see that's the trigger point over there, right? No one's going, God, I didn't see that at all. I didn't realize I was doing this. Um, so that's the thing I know now that like I, said, I don't know how it's going to evolve. Um, you know, having spoken to, you know, amazing sort of international authors and speakers and all this. And, and yet I have conversations with them and they come away and say, do you know, what? I don't think I've ever had a podcast or an interview like that. You know, you've, I've told you more than I've ever told anyone. Some stuff I've, I've not told in public ever. And not that I'm, I'm necessarily setting out to do that, but it's just going, yeah, because I listened and I took the time. And, you know, I think give everyone, give everyone enough space and they will tell you everything that they need and want in life. 
But how often do we actually do that? We don't. We're too busy saying, coming up with a solution or telling them something new. But it's impossible. I can never think the way you think, Amy. You know, I would have to live your life to think that. So all I can do is saying, well, I thought this and here's a reflection and here's what I learned. You know, and you will then apply your rules, your values, your beliefs, your expectations onto that. And all we can say, well, is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? And, and just let you explore to yourself. So um, being a master mirror holder is something that really if I would, you know, if I could live my life and, and really sort of come to the end and saying, yeah, um, I'm still learning. I'm still an apprentice, but um, I've actually given given a lot of space and time. And the final element that you you referenced, which is the thinking, and we've just been talking a little bit about the thinking, but again, your guests who come on your show and guests who come on my show, they're just not spending that time with deep thought or or contemplation. Yeah, I mean, th- thinking is thinking is a a conscious um, behavior, if you like, um, because thinking is quite often it's it's based on you know, your surroundings are based on what's going on around you. So, you you know, there's an action and there's a thought. Um, whereas actually when you slow down and then, you know, you, it actually gives you an opportunity to, to have sort of a random idea or a, you know, I just had this, this, this sort of seed of a, you know, of a concept of something different. Well, when you actually slow down, you actually, you know, I believe like shooting stars at night or shooting stars in the sky, they're happening all the time. And yet we never take the time to actually spot, stop and listen or stop and look at them. You know, so I believe the thoughts and the ideas and world changing ideas and new business ideas and concepts and who we are, I believe they're happening all the time. But yet, you know, we just are not slowing down. We're too busy looking for satisfaction externally when actually, do you know what? a lot of the answers and a lot of the things that you want in life are already, they're right in front of you and they're so close. You just can't see it. You know, it's that the mirror that you're looking in, you're too busy pointing fingers elsewhere when actually all the experience and the knowledge is inside you. And some people get that and some people don't, you know, and one thing that fascinates me is, so I have three young daughters and they, you know, this little thing of ideas and acres of diamonds inside you is they are carrying the eggs of our grandchildren, hopefully, if they want to children. So from the moment they are born and they're, they're sort of grow, grew in my wife's womb is actually the the eggs of our, the next generation were actually built inside them. And the only reason I'm saying that's about, there's about 2 million eggs in each one. And I sort of, I look at them and I'm playing with them and they're, you know, my two-year-old twins and we're playing on the floor and think, my God, you know, we have no concept. It's like they're carrying 2 million eggs of the next generation maybe maybe not who knows and that sort of it just is is a little bit of a, a seed of the enormity of what's going on and yet we sit here and go everything is oh i i i, I think that this is not right or i'm hungry or i don't feel good you know it's like gosh you're you know we're only tipping the absolute edge of what's possible here and what's going on and we've, we've no concept so as you tell I, I get quite excited about it now and and what's possible what if you know what if so what is the what's possible? What what's happening? What's what is what is the plan? What are you capable of? Do you know it actually it takes my breath away just even knowing what I'm capable of. Um, but I go at it with not with a sort of you know how many boxes am I going to tick? Now I mean I I lead more and I do intuition coaching as well. It's that sort of you know being open to the idea of what's possible, really sort of changing that and and listening to people's language. So what's possible is huge. 
it's whatever we want it to be. You know, so many people set goals and I, I, I actually think they don't believe it or they're setting the goals for somebody else. You know, there's, there's, everything's going on and yet, you know, we don't truly believe it or it's not something, you know, that asking, believing, doing and receiving. We ask for it. I want a million pounds. You know, do you believe it? Yeah. Okay. That's a no. You know, it's either a definitely, definitely yes or no. That's the way I would categorize everything in life. Is it a hell yeah or no? You know, there's no sort of, yeah, partly, maybe. Okay. As soon as you start using that loose language to me, I know it's, there's an incongruence there. Um, I think it's really sort of when you start doing that and being very honest and having some hard conversation, um, it's looking back and seeing what are the things that are holding you back and tying you back. And the sooner you can cut those threads and let yourself propel forward, then that's a life changer. It sounds fantastic. And I I can really hear the passion behind what you're saying and and what you're doing and what you're believing. Why the book? Who's the book for? The, The book is almost a prelude to... You know, so many people saying, you know, you ask all these questions and and what's it all about? So the book is almost a prelude to um, getting into sort of getting around to sharing some of the guest insights. Um, because people say, you know, how do you how do you do it? And and I'm like I said, I would be unconscious competent about it. So it's saying, you know, what what are the key factors that I've noticed that work? You know, it is about, you know, taking an extended period of time, going to a space where there is no distraction. Um, allowing people to finish open ask opening questions you know not sort of you know uh, leading questions you know so understanding all these things so if I can inspire people to just just take the time to listen to themselves and to others to create that space I genuinely think I mean the world will just be a little bit better you know I think it'll change when people go I've never thought of that before or I've never shared that or I didn't spot this thing about myself um, so when you go through all that, I think it's a game changer. So that's why the book. Um, it is ironic. I'm dyslexic and ADHD. So um, to, to, to have the book out is always fun. Um, and also to show what's possible. But uh, I know it'll be the, the first of many. So exciting times. It is exciting times and, and really excited to, to see what, where you're taking us on your journey. And, and also, I love the concept of the the intuition coaching it makes it makes a great amount of sense and and understanding about how we're setting these goals and understanding how who they are for because as you said you know your career was for your father and I'm sure many people who are listening suddenly sort of realize that what what they're doing is not for them it's for it's for others it's societal pressures expectations it's not who they really want to be and often people who come on the show they they have a very clear indication of why they're doing what they're doing but I have had a handful of people who have gone away and then had to say you can't publish that similar to yours because of the insights that they then realize that they're not doing what they want to be doing it's massive right and, and it's sitting right in front of their faces and then suddenly it's a massive wake-up call and relationships change jobs change life changes and suddenly it's they just have never held up that mirror it's massive you know and you know and it's it's and it's an absolute compliment to you to give them that space and and to be the to be there to facilitate for them that for them you know help them find their why it's beautiful. So what if there hadn't been a person on the track that day that late evening on the Canary Wharf as you were heading home? This is the sliding doors question, right? You know, it's I I do think I was destined to come to this point. You know, I think I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be now. Um, had that not happened, I think I would be there or thereabouts. I think, you know, I'm headed for something. Like I say, I, I'm sort of blown away by 
sort of there's times I almost I, I joke and I put it in the book and it's almost you know when I'm speaking to someone or going through something almost like you know the physical me takes a bag of popcorn and sits back and going oh look at you and this, this is very interesting what you've picked up here and I see myself almost outside of myself you know but when I really get into the, the conversation you're listening you almost go into a trance so you know I, I do think you know, we're, we're, we are exactly where we're supposed to be. I think uh, ultimately what I've come to this, possibly on a different route, but what's so exciting is where we're going. You know, it's, uh, it's beautiful, beautiful. So with all the people that you're speaking to, either on the podcast or you're coaching, and they come to you and you're, you're saying to them, you are where you're meant to be, even though they're in a lot of pain, they, they know that, that there is going to be a brighter future. Yeah, it's, but that's, I love that expression, you know, it's, you know, your voids are your values. That's quite often it's, it's there, you know, it's knowing sometimes the good things don't happen so that great things can, because people are sitting there going, why can't this just happen? Why can't that just happen? It's like, because do you know what, when you get to the point that you are, you know, decided or you have, you know, it's bad enough or painful enough, then you will make a definite decision. You know, you will make something that without any sort of lack of integrity, you are fully committed. There is no, you know, that's the point I got when I had actually, you know, woke myself up, pain in my tooth, and literally that tooth was extracted. I was in, that's the point of no return. This is non-negotiable anymore. It's gotten so bad that it has to change. There is no choice. And whenever anyone gets to that point, either sort of through their experiences in life or through a, you know, a good coaching method, you can actually lead them through that and saying, how bad does it need to get before this? You will stop doing this because we are creatures of habit. You know, okay and average are deadly words, deadly, because if it's average or it's okay, then you will keep doing it. It's only when it becomes bad or not good enough or no longer acceptable, that's when you will change. And, you know, imagine leading a life of just okayness. God, I'm bored just talking about that. You know, it's like, what if, what if you became the mightiest version of you? What if you, you know, started to interview people not knowing where you're going to go? If you follow the 10,000 hour rule that actually it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert or something. Well, what if you just started doing it with the first hour? What if you started to speak to somebody and who knows, maybe 10,000 hours later, you might know what you're doing. Who knows, you know, but. We're all in different stages in life, no matter who you talk to. So um, what if, what if you just start? Well, we're talking about starting, uh, but actually we're just about finishing. So it's been, it's been a, a fantastic conversation. And I wish that I had longer to, to talk with you today, Pete, but we are bringing it to a close now. How would people get in contact with you? Super simple, mightypeat.com. It's there on my social media links, book links, uh, podcast mm-hmm. links, et cetera, mightypeat.com. Fantastic. And please go and li- watch watch and listen to, because you do it on YouTube as well, don't you? I Fire do. in the Belly. So there are episodes that you can listen to by all of the various podcasts, platforms, but also you can go and see it all on YouTube. So again, thank you so much. This has been an absolute blast. I have a feeling that we will be doing another episode very soon. So watch out for that, everybody. Thank you very much, Mighty Pete. Would you like to leave us with some final words, please? Just really, I suppose, be the absolute mightiest version of you. It's, um, you know, your potential, it's inside you. This is not a this is not a rehearsal, this is a journey. And honestly, it's every day is happening for you, not to you. So, Amy, thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been awesome. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook 
and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrollinson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.